Hello, everyone. Welcome to the weekly show of What is School for? My name is I. I'm the CEO of Classroom Without Wars and the host of this weekly live streaming show. You can also listen to us on the traditional on the traditional audio only podcast. Just search What is School for? On this show, I interview leading entrepreneurs. Business owners, teachers, educators, students, and parents to come here to discuss, debate, and disrupt education. Our goal is to future-proof the next generation. Today, I'm extremely honored and excited to have the one and only Shayro Bottom on the show to talk about. Her journey to self empowerment and success and happiness. I feel like Shay is one of those people that I do not need to do an introduction. Just like what I have said, go down the show. Everybody knows him. I feel like everybody knows you. But just in case you have been hiding in the cave in the last several years, so Shay is a LinkedIn superstar. And、uh, she's a LinkedIn video coach, and I have been watching her LinkedIn videos for quite some time. I really, really love her content, and her LinkedIn videos have received at least or more than twenty million views. And uh, and uh, like every video is just like so fun, educational, and entertaining to watch. So she started her journey when she was only twenty three years old, when most people are still trying to figure out their life. So she started her first business and sold that. And last year, when so many people were struggling with the global pandemic, and she brought her business to a new level and crossed the one million mark. So congratulations, quite a journey. And she is also a featured expert. In the book that my dear friend Julia McCoy and I we just launched a few days ago. So Julia is a college dropout. I'm a professor dropout. So really honored to have another college dropout on the show. So we are really going to dive deeper into her journey, her success, talking about social media and LinkedIn. Parenting and education. So really excited, and as always, we are want to give a big shout out to Streamyard for being a sponsor of Classroom Without Walls. Over the last several years, I have tried so many different apps to go live on social media. Streamyard is my personal favorite. In the link, there is in the comment, there is a link for you to check out Streamyard for free. For two weeks, we are live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, your favorite social media platform, and on YouTube, on Periscope, and on Twitch. So, quite a few of you are already here. Let me know in the comment section where you guys are joining us live from, social media, social media, and geographically speaking. So, Shay, without any further ado, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me. I that was a beautiful introduction and. Happy Friday, everyone! I'm just super excited to be here. Oh, you are such a superstar, and really, really honored to to have you here. So, really,、uh, means a lot to me. And、uh, so, hello, everyone! So great to see you all. Thank you so much. 
And so let's get started. As I mentioned earlier, you know, you are uh, building this really incredible career on LinkedIn and your background is in video marketing, but you are, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you are a college dropout. So you have a very interesting and non-conventional journey to get to where you are today. So do you mind just kind of quickly share your backstory with us? Absolutely, yes. I'm always excited to talk about my perspective on college and higher education because I feel it's one that's not shared enough. So, um, hey everyone. So, you know, I was fortunate to have uh, three older siblings. So mm -hmm. a lot of times when you have older siblings, you get to learn through their mistakes without having to make them the mistake yourself. And when I was 15, I remember my oldest sister calling my mom. She had already graduated from college. She was already paying back her student loans. And I remember her calling my mom to, to let her know she just found out that with the way that these interest rates were on these loans, mm -hmm. even though she had paid back, um, I, I believe it was like almost all of what she owed originally. It was like, it just like, was a fraction of it because of the interest rates. Mm -hmm. And it was very clear to me that my sister was like unaware what she'd gotten herself into. You know, my mom was trying to downplay it. Like, oh, don't worry about it because my mom is very narcissistic. So all she cared about was, does my kid have a degree and 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 not worried about the debt and this and that. And we can go into that as well, I, but- um, Absolutely, well, my question. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just thought for myself, that's, that's I think a lost art for a lot of, people today. And unfortunately, especially a lot of young people at the mercy of their parents, they don't want to think for themselves because it's too dangerous. But I did. I was 15. I remember her on the phone crying, talking about these loans. You know, she got like a liberal arts degree that I don't even really think she needed. And um, I just said to myself, that's not going to be me, you know, like plain and simple. Like I saw the experience. I saw that it was BS. It felt like a scam. And I knew I wanted to be an artist, a musician, a, an entertainer of sorts. So I said, yeah, at that moment, I pretty much decided college is not going to make sense for me. Um, I don't want to go into all this debt. I, I don't know how to manage money as it is. I'm not going to start my adult life um, going into a hole with my finances. So that was when I told my mom, you know, I'm, I don't plan to go to college. And it was really hard for her because, as I said, I grew up in a very narcissistic home, which Julia can, of course, relate to. So there was a lot of projection onto me for what they wanted, what my parents wanted, as opposed to what was actually the most beneficial for me, which absolutely would have been, you know, in 2011, when I graduated from high school, you know, it would have been most beneficial for me to probably get a waitressing job, save money, go on the internet, find community musician groups to connect with and work on my music and figure out a way to monetize it without pouring money into a liberal, liberal arts degree and getting into debt when I myself don't even yet know how to manage money. Um, mm -hmm. So that was a tug in war. You know, we really fought about it. Um, I did actually end up going under the intense pressure of my father, not my mother. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it did not work. You know, I think uh, as with anything, when you force someone to do something, it's kind of like checking someone into rehab who's not ready to get, they're not ready to get off drugs and you force them to go to rehab. When that person gets out of rehab, they're just going to go use again because they themselves did not choose to go to rehab. They didn't say, okay, I'm ready. I'm doing this. Someone forced it on them. So that's what happened with college. You know, I went and 
Oh man, I was just so disengaged. I never got worse grades in my life. I became like a C student. I got D's. I, I think I dropped out of a lot of classes. Um, I just didn't want to be there. And, and I share all of this in my podcast as well, the Shea Robottom Show, the first eight episodes I break down my story and college is in there because um, at the end of the day, I, I was not in my heart. I did not want to go. And so when I was 20, I dropped out. And then I went fully into my music for a few years. And that's how I discovered video marketing and video production. And that's what led me to LinkedIn and what I do now. Very interesting. I mean, I listened to your story quite a few times, but I just listened to you to tell me kind of more personally. It's just like such a, a powerful story. So it is interesting that both of your parents are actually entrepreneurs, right? And uh, and the, how do you feel like, I feel like most entrepreneurs are more open-minded. They are kind of more interested in the alternative path you mentioned a little bit maybe do you mind because we have quite a few parents watching us live and maybe you can share like how has your unique upbringing really contributed if there's any or hindered your success today like given that both of them are oh, yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely um i would say it has had an immense impact on making me who I am today because I faced a lot of adversity as a child. I faced more as a teenager, as I started to get older and um, come into my own as, a, as an adult, you know, I started to speak my truth a lot more. I was not very well liked by my family. You know, I was, I was not uh, winning the popularity contest by any means. It was uh, a lot of um, pushback and a lot of, um, uh, manipulation that, you know, I was crazy and my way of thinking was just dangerous and going to land me in a, in a bad position. But at the end of the day, you know, I was just thinking for myself, I was just following my, my heart. And I, I feel that it's, it's really hard for people to do that when whatever's in their heart doesn't go with what their parents want for them. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was able to bypass that. I was able to bypass, you know, my sisters bullying me for trying to be a musician and saying, you know, you'll never make it. I was able to bypass all of that. I, I went through so much adversity. I got so used to people mm. saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. And I developed the muscle of, okay, but I believe I can. Let's see if I can, even with all these people saying I can't. And what I found in the process was I can, I could, I actually did it. I actually created a life for myself, started to build wealth, started to, you know, um, learn social media and, and gain the, the, the popularity there as opposed to with my family. And um, I don't think that I would be so good at deflecting haters today and um, deflecting naysayers and following mm -hmm. my heart space, no matter how many people it, it appears are against me, had it not been for my parents and that narcissistic household and that upbringing. Uh, oh my God, so, so powerful. And everyone just loves your story. I so agree, right? Just like so amazing. And so how about, you know, what if, and I love how you mentioned how those things, unfortunate things actually build up your resilience muscle to help you become the way you are today. But how about for the people, which I hear a lot from young people, and if their parents are asking them to do one thing, which is very against what they want to do, like what advice do you have for people? Like if their intention as a kid, you know, young professional, they want to pursue this path, but their parents, everyone is, you have to go to college, you have to get a degree, you have to do this. So what do you say to them? Any advice? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I would say, you know, your parents are going to die and you're going to be left with a life of your own. So, you know, what sort of life do you want to create after your parents are gone and are no longer breathing down your neck about whether they approve of you or not? And, you know, the other thing that's really important to distinguish in this conversation, I, is that just because a parent says like, hey, I really want you to go to this college. I really want you to do this um, as opposed to what the, the kid wants to do doesn't always necessarily mean it's a narcissistic parent who's toxic and who you should just probably get away from completely. There is a gray area. You know, there is a fine line where some parents, um, they, they are genuinely concerned about their kid. They're like, my kid wants to be a musician. Oh my God. Like they're going to be broke forever. No, no, no. I want them to go to college. I want them to be a doctor. So there's a fine line, you know, it's different if you approach your kid and say like, Hey, look, I'm going to support you no matter what you want to do. If you really want to be a musician, I got you. Like, we'll, we'll do what we can and we'll support you. However, I just want you to know as a concerned parent, you know, the statistics show that being an artist is a really hard path. Being a mm -hmm. musician can be really challenging. You know, some studies have shown it's safer to go get a degree and get a, get a safe job. I just want you to know your options. I just want you to know the risks mm -hmm. that you're going to, you know, that's different. You know, that's different. That's genuinely a loving parent who's going to ultimately let their kid have sovereignty and decide at the end of the day, but they're just voicing the reality. You know, that, that wasn't what happened with me. It wasn't like, Hey, we support you if you want to be a musician, Shay, but just so you know, we think this route is safer and we need to tell you why, because we love you. It was just like, you know, you suck. You can't be a musician. You're crazy. You got to do, you know, so that's more manipulative. That's more like parents just living through their kids, parents who get a lot of anxiety about their kids doing something they don't want to do that's on the parent, you know, that's something unresolved within the parent. Why are you living through your child thinking, oh, if my child doesn't get a degree, all my friends at the country club are going to, you know, talk about me and I'm going to be the only one whose kid doesn't have a degree. Yeah. You know, it's just very low self-esteem. And it's, it's unfortunately what a lot of parents still have at the time they're raising children. They haven't resolved their own insecurities. And so they start to project it on to the kid. Um, so I would just say for anyone watching, you know, uh, whether you're a child and you feel this has applied to your own life with your own parents, just remember, you know, um, there's a fine line between like accepting your family for who they are, making compromises so that everyone can get along and be a merry family, and also recognizing when it's abuse and when it's blatant manipulation and when it's an extreme case like I went through. And it's actually at the end of the day better to um cut contact completely or just have very minimal contact if you truly feel that these people are a cancer to your goals and to your ambitions yeah. just like we say with friends right friends who don't support you cut them out so it's the same with family but unfortunately a lot of people they have a really uh they have a blind spot for their family because it's blood it's dna that we share probably karmic on a soul level for a lot of people and they don't want to admit that their family could actually not have their best interest. Um, and then for parents watching, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like if you start to get anxiety about your kids' decisions and the path they're going on, really dig into that. You know, before you like react and start trying to control your kid, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, wait a minute, am I really doing this from a place of genuine concern and care? Or am I doing this because like I have self-esteem issues, I have insecurities, I lack confidence, and I'm afraid that my kid is going to reflect poorly on me because that's narcissistic parenting. And it's okay, mind you, it's okay if you pick it up in yourself, if you notice that you have some narcissistic tendencies with your kid, good for you, you know, good for you because you're actually on the right track 
to start bringing awareness around this epidemic in our culture and in many Asian cultures, which I'm sure you can you can relate to. It's um it's going to actually be the thing that drives us forward if you start to look at yourself and start to admit you know what, I realize I've just been trying to get my kid into this college the whole time so that I can feel good about myself. That's narcissistic parenting. And that is not going to set your kid up for success in the long run. If it's not truly something they also want coming from their deep, deepest desires and their heart space. Wow. We have so many parents in the live audience absolutely resonating with you. And like in my case, for sure, you know, being a Chinese American and uh, I feel like my entire life's mission was to get that terminal degree. That's why I got my master. I got my PhD until I became like 35 years old. I really hit that mid age crisis. I was like, wow, is this my life? What other people's construction of a life for me? That wake up call was brutal. And that really led to an inner exploration of who I am. What do I want to do? I eventually led to my resignation from this really broken education model to start my own journey. So I, I resonate so much with what you mentioned. I also love how you made such a powerful distinction, Shay, between, you know, to say that, hey, you are so bad, you can't do this, you can't be a musician versus unconditional support, giving and providing different options to inform, to facilitate, as opposed to be a dictator, right? So I love that. <laughs> yes. Really, really, uh, really powerful distinction. Yeah, so I'm just showing you a few comments here. And uh, Carl said that, yeah, no idea, right? Like, actually, oh, and that's, show, yeah, and that's like, actually, that's a great point, Carla. Um, I'm glad that she brought that up because a lot of people don't know that I have don't have a degree. Um, I have mentioned it on LinkedIn, definitely in, in the earlier years on LinkedIn. I used to talk about my views on college and how I thought it was pretty outdated at this point. But um, that's a really good point that she brings up. Nobody ever asks me for my degree. I like no, no, seriously. Like I have you know hundreds of businesses I've helped on LinkedIn, uh, hundreds of thousands of followers employees who are always applying to you know work with me not one time has anyone ever asked me oh where's your degree you know i need to see your qualifications yeah. before hiring you because it the proof is in the pudding hey this woman clearly knows marketing she's marketing herself she's teaching people video she's killing it on video and that's all that they need to to see you know they're like okay i'm gonna hire her the proof is in the pudding they don't need a degree and um I'll, i will also speak from an employer standpoint I have found that when I hire people who are self-taught in their mm -hmm. area of expertise, they far outperform the, the, the person who, who went to college. Um, and it's sad, really. You know, I, I used to um, employ like a couple dozen video editors. Um, a lot of them had film degrees, but they didn't really, they weren't really taught film on like updated equipment. They didn't know social media editing. They didn't know anything relevant at all. And then I would hire video editors who never went to college, taught themselves everything on YouTube, always were keeping up on the internet with the latest and greatest software and, and, and tips and hacks. They always outperform the person that went to college because remember, not, well, not only are the colleges very outdated, you know, they don't keep up as quick as the internet, um, but also remember, when people go to college, oftentimes they will actually get dependent on mm. professors and outside external teachers to teach them. They don't really learn how to teach themselves versus the person who says, you know, screw it. I don't want to spend any money on college. I'm just going to teach myself. Not only are they saving money, 
they're developing a skill of being their own professor. They're, hey, I, I learned video editing on YouTube. You know, what's going to stop me from learning uh, Facebook ads on YouTube? I'm just going to keep going because they develop that muscle of how to teach themselves. And so that's what I found in a lot of my more like entrepreneurial employees, employees who either themselves dropped out of college or never, never chose to go and they taught themselves. They always, always far outperform the person who went and got a degree. I mean, I just love it because I read it where like you shared on social media. I was like, one more reason to love Shay because it is so powerful, right? Most people think that they have to get an official degree to have that permission in order to do this. But what you are saying is that having that permission will actually be detrimental to your career success. I love it. And I, I mean, love, yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I do think in many cases it can be. Now, I do want to put out a disclaimer just because this is a, a sensitive subject for a lot of people and they might get defensive. I understand there are certain careers where you have to go get a degree. You know, it's a non-starter. Like if you want to be a lawyer, I get it. I'm not saying go learn law on YouTube, <laughs> at least not yet. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's an option quite yet. Maybe it will be in our lifetime. But um, I'm specifically talking about degrees that aren't necessary, a film degree, an art degree in my case, you know, a lot of these things can can be taught um, online. But the other thing is, because you, you, you mentioned, you know, a lot of people are worse off when they go to college. I do want to dig into that a little bit because I do think that the colleges um, have changed over the decades. And that's also what a lot of these parents are projecting onto their kids. They're projecting what college was when they were a kid. It's changed a lot. You know, it's really, really different now. And I actually feel it produces very, very narrow minded people, man. I mean, I have I try to have debates with people who are they got their masters and this, this and that. And they're so righteous. You know, they're so like, nope, I learned this in school. I know I'm right. You, you're not educated. You're not educated. I'm like, dude, you're miseducated. You know, you're brainwashed. And, and because mm -hmm. There's such a fat price tag associated with this degree. It really, it's really manipulative. You know, it like solidifies that idea where people can't even start to question if what they learned was faulty or not because they spent so much money on it. You know, it's kind of like, let's say you're two months into your marriage and your, your husband starts to be very abusive. You're going to have a hard time seeing that reality and accepting it because you just got married and you just spent a, several thousand dollars on a big party and a wedding you know it's the same kind of thing it's going to take you longer to figure it out because you have that price tag associated with it and i find that people who didn't go to college who do their own research are more critical they're they're they they have better critical thinking skills and this is a generalization you know i'm not saying everyone but it's definitely a general theme i found with people who are more educated they actually have less of an open mind and they tend to be really righteous in their ideas you know, college was originally intended to teach people how to think, not not what to think. And now it's it's becoming the opposite. It's like they come out, they know what to think, they 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 know everything. And then when you try to get into a debate with them, um, they're very self righteous because they have that degree, and essentially what that degree has 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 uh, given them is this badge of honor of like, nope, you know, I I know more than you because I'm more educated. I actually find that it can cause people to be miseducated the further they go into this education system. Yeah, amen. I mean, I share so many studies on this show. Research has shown that as children become more educated, their creativity actually decreases. And the higher the GPA, the less likely a kid is to 
innovate. Like, you know, and it's interesting, Shay, that you said that you are a C student. One of my favorite books is A students work for C students, B students work for the government. I mean, like people are seeing proof. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, like, that's funny. I'm actually, well, to be clear though, I, I was not a C student before I got to college. I was a, <laughs> I, I was a straight A student. I got, I was, school was a breeze for me. School was very easy for me, but the problem is it doesn't, it doesn't, um, well, in this case, I think it does, but it doesn't equate to the person actually being very intelligent. Um, mm -hmm. I have several friends who I grew up with people I know now who sucked at school and they are absolutely brilliant. For me personally, the school system actually did work. I was able to get A's very easily. It's just by the time I got to college, I no longer cared at all. And that's when my grades started mm -hmm. slipping. Um, and that was also one of the things that was really challenging for my mother. Like she couldn't understand why I just didn't want to go get a, a, a degree from a nice university because she's like, I don't get it. You're so good at school. You get A's mm -hmm. and you don't even try. Like I was one of those kids that like, I would hardly study. I'd like look at the notes right before and then ace it, you know? So I am actually really blessed in that area, but you're absolutely correct. Several people that I have partnered with, that I've worked with in business, um, that I've hired even, you know, they were D students. They were terrible students and they're absolutely brilliant. So, you know, we also really need to look at how the school system isn't set up for everyone. A lot of these mm -hmm. kids, it sets them up to feel like they have a, they should have a poor self-esteem. They should feel badly about themselves. And that's so sad. You know, that's not the case at all. I am eternally grateful that I got good grades growing up because my home life was very, very toxic that I actually feel if I didn't have that validation at school by, you know, being smart and pretty. And, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get bullied or made fun of much at school. I, I fit in well. I, I, I was good at sports. I, I got good grades. Oh gosh. You know, imagine how much, uh, how much more damage I could have come out that household with because my house alone mm -hmm. was already so toxic. And, and, um, so that's where I experienced like the bullying and the adversity school saved my life. You know, I really do. I think my teachers saved my life. I think that it was mm -hmm. uh, a blessing that it worked for me. It doesn't work for everyone. And unfortunately, there was kids just like me who had a terrible home life, who then on top of that had to go to school and get told every day that they weren't good enough and they were a failure mm -hmm. simply because they couldn't get good grades. And it's not a measure at all of if someone's going to be successful. It's just um, uh, another way that we disempower children and, and set people up to be you know employees or if they don't feel like they're going to be a good employee they're going to feel like oh i'm just a failure i can't get good grades oh so, like such a such a good powerful point so here is a question like we have so many questions coming okay, up let's take the questions yeah so here is a great question from carla and uh she said, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure many parents struggle with this, right? So as a disruptive mom or dad, you know, we know this is not the right path for our kids, but there are so many other people asking you, hey, you know, are you sending your kids to college? They will be judging you. They'll be evaluating you. So what do you say to parents who are struggling with other people's like judgment of their choices? Yeah, it's a great question. I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that with us, Carla. You know, I would say that um, it's an opportunity, you know, it's an opportunity for you to become so freaking strong. Like maybe you've never been before. Have you ever met someone and they're just so sure of themselves? They're so confident, you know, nothing can break them down. No naysayers can stop them. I mean, that's the kind of 
um, self-assurance we should all strive for. And it's certainly not easy. I myself am a work in progress, but you know, every time that parent um, that is judging you for your kid not going to college um, is, you know, passing this judgment onto you, every time that happens, that's an opportunity for you to develop more strength, to go deeper into yourself. Okay, I'm still feeling triggered by this person. I'm still feeling pressured by this person. What is unresolved in me still that I need to work on? How can I get to a point of such um, self-assurance that, you know, these sort of comments, they just roll roll off? And, and that's what's also very interesting about healing and energy work and a lot of the things that I've picked up on my path the past couple of years with which of course Julia and I connected over the the healing journey is that you know the more confident you become and the more sure of yourself you become those mm-hmm. situations in which parents are going to question and judge you they actually naturally kind of go away it's mm-hmm. it's weird it's almost like the universe you know it works with everything is energy so we're in a human limited frame where we can only see a small bit of a visible light, but there's so much going on around us. Everything is energy. When you alter your energy to be so strong, you actually no longer attract people who try to dig into and and alter your energy. So Mm -hmm. I find that the more confident I become, the less I even attract people that have the capacity to manipulate me because they're, they're kind of like subconsciously they see me and they're like, Nope, like not going to mess with her. She's way too strong, you know, mm-hmm. so they see it, they feel it, but it doesn't happen overnight. So I would say every time you're still getting approached and you're getting triggered by the judgment of other parents for following your own path, what you know is right for your family, just take it as an opportunity to work on yourself. Oh, hey, good. This is actually a blessing. They're showing me something unresolved in myself that's still insecure that I would even mm-hmm. be getting a little anxious here. Um, so that would be my advice. I mean, it's like a mirror reflecting what is inside us. I still remember uh, once I decided to resign to really talk openly about the broken education model, I was being bullied really, really badly. And I I started to drink alcohol. It was really bad. But now as I have grown more confident, you know, just like you mentioned, Ashay, those people are just like kind of disappearing. And also, even if they say something to me, I just don't care as much as I used to, where I always used to seek external validation, but now it comes from uh, internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and what you did, I too, that you might not even realize, because I've been in, I've been in your shoes where it feels like I'm the only one going up against the system or going up against popular belief. But what, what we do in those situations, oftentimes that we don't even realize is we inspire others mm. who actually deep down feel the same way, but have been scared to speak out. We start to inspire them. Hey, it's okay. I'm talking about this. Yes, I'm getting some hate, but like I'm alive. It's fine. So you're the example. Then more people start to stand up and join you. You know, that's the beauty of it is like, we're not alone. You know, every time you think you're alone or I have this weird thought, I'm so weird. I'm so, I'm so rare. No one's like me. You're not rare. I promise you there's tons of people who feel the exact same way, who are hiding in the closet because of the exact same reasons. And when you get brave and step out, oh man, do you start to attract those people? I mean, I have gotten so many messages over the years of people thanking me for unpopular beliefs. And and it's funny too, I even the comment section on the public post, it'll be mostly people hating on me, but in the private section, my messenger inbox, it'll be a bunch of people thanking me and they're they're not ready to thank me publicly yet because they're scared but they believe the same thing and they message me, wow, thank you, Shay. I feel the exact same way and I've never said anything about it. You know, kudos to you. I just want you to know you're not alone. 
Um, so you're not alone. You know, there's a lot of people who feel the same way. If you feel in your gut scared to share something for fear of ridicule or that it's not popular, I would say that that is actually a sign that the universe wants you to share it. And um, I just want to give you super kudos for standing up because um, you're right. There's definitely a lot of people who, who don't want to hear that, who have a vested interest of financial interest, even in the system staying the way it is. And um, yeah, it's kudos to you for standing up. Right anyway. you. Thank you so much. But you are right. You know, I actually got a lot of private messages. But even this reminds me like last year, I think Google launched their own uh, career certifications to replace, not to supplement, but to replace the four-year college. So I share that and I got so many people, my professors, friends, who are still in higher education, they were like, this is so wrong. Like you mentioned, like they think this is my territory. I'm the only person or we are the only institution who can train the next generation to develop ABC skills. Google cannot do that. So it's really nice to hear that, you know, knowing that I'm not alone when those things, you know, attacking happens. There right. is like a, a bigger group yeah, sharing a similar message. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, and, and one more thing I want to say about that, I, that I think is important is like, it's also really just common sense. You know, mm -hmm. people who are still challenging it, they're, they're so, 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 so trapped in this bubble and this false reality we've created. All you have to do is look around. All you have to do to prove that the school system is a failure is look around at the number of people who are depressed, who are unfulfilled, who don't know how to pay taxes, who aren't self-reliant, who could never survive in the wild, who are completely dependent on the system and this government. And, and not, not only all of those things that's wrong with, you know, not really teaching kids like how to meditate, how to regulate their emotions, how to survive, how to have healthy relationships. Um, but it's, uh, it's really, really created a lot of mental illness. I mean, it's created a mental illness. You can't just say, oh, they're mentally ill. It's just a fluke. It's like, no, you know, why are, why are so yeah. many people in society mentally ill? Why is the suicide rate increasing? It's, it's directly related to what we teach people and how we value education. Um, so I think that alone right there is a, it's a great argument for the school system's got to be reformed. It's a great argument for the healthcare system has got to be reformed. It's a great argument for the government needs to be reformed. You know, these things are clearly not working. The proof is all around us. Look at the amount of addiction, the amount of obesity, the amount of divorce, the amount of childhood chronic illness now. I mean, it is actually a, a, a joke that anyone could question, hey, you're being, you know, you're being ridiculous by questioning these, these systems. I think it's actually the most loving thing to do for our children and the generations after us. It is the most loving thing we can do for them to start to question, okay, how do we change it? How do we make it better? Ava, I just love everything. I mean, like there was a big study, like uh, this lady, I really love her. And uh, she has been studying children attending high achieving schools. And what she discovered is that those kids attending high achieving, you know, competitive, the good school district, those kids are actually having more mental health issues like alcohol abuse, drug abuse, sexual abuse as kids in poverty, in foster care, and as children who have a parent in prison. Mm -hmm. You think about wow, like I spent so much money sending my kid to a private high school and then my kid end up, you know, suicidal, having all those issues as if in foster care. And uh, so, you know, I think the evidence is here, but lots of people are in denial or they don't know how to think. They don't know how you can actually Google, right. but, but you are right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And, and part of the denial, I, is that we're all part of it. You know, we're all contributing to it. 
And that's really painful to face that you've been contributing to a system that hurts people, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so that's why the denial is so strong because um, we are all one, you know, we are all collectively here. It's okay to admit that we've been wrong. It's okay to admit that we've hurt people even, but we, we gotta get through that step of admitting it in order to, to course correct. And I think that's a, a lot of why people get so defensive and they don't want to hear it and, and they get um, just very defensive about the things that you, you are saying or potentially the things that I'm saying is because um, deep down they're part of it. You know, it's such an, it's such, they take it as such an attack. They take it as you're attacking me. You're saying what I'm doing is harmful. What you do, what you're doing is harmful, but it's okay. It's okay. We're not here to shame you. We're not here to hang you. You know, we're not here to do any of that. We're here to try to educate hey, you know, it's okay to admit that we were wrong about something. Let's course correct, which is what you did when you got into the education system. You said, hey, what I'm doing is not really helping. I want to change. Several doctors have done this. I know my, my personal doctor up in Wisconsin that I still see, she was an MD. And she realized through the traditional medical system, in America, she's from India, actually. So she came to America to study medicine, got her degree, became a doctor, everything her parents wanted, right? And she, and she realized, oh my gosh, like, I'm not really helping people. They're just paying me to prescribe medications. I'm not really helping people. Did she get all like, oh, well, I'm bad. I can't face myself. I got it. No, she said, okay, well, what can I do to help people? She quit. She left the practice. She opened her own natural medicine clinic with another woman who's an Ayurvedic doctor. And now they heal people naturally. And this is actually how I healed my asthma. I went to them and I've never had asthma again. I've never, I haven't used an inhaler in over four years. So, you know, this is the power of people like yourself and Dr. Aruna Tamala back, shout out to Dr. Aruna Tamala up in Wisconsin. <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's it's the two people taking a path, realizing, you know what? I don't actually think I'm helping people here. And instead of internalizing that shame and getting really righteous and defensive about it, because you don't want to see it, you got brave and said, no, you know, I don't have to be ashamed of this. I can just look at this. And mm -hmm. of course, I want to help people and that's okay. So I think the number one thing for everyone is like, forgive yourself. You know, we have to forgive ourselves for being a part. And we all collectively have been part of this system that's been very destructive for our children and the generations after us. It's okay. We we messed up, you know, it happens, but we got to start admitting it because um, uh, acceptance is the first step to healing. Well, no wonder you're so passionate about healing. That is so powerful. And the, the doctor's story, I love it. It's exactly my journey. When I realized that what I did was actually perpetuating the system, I supposed to like serving my students. That was like, wow, slapping my own face. What am I doing there? I did went through this <laughs> extremely guilty, internalized this. I wish we had this conversation earlier. So here's another question from Pooja. It's, uh, she's an 18 years old based in India. So I really want to make sure to ask her question. So so how do you, how do you come to know like I want to be doing this, and what kind of goal setting method you use to to reach the goals? Yeah, you started your career as a musician, but you eventually kind of left that music industry. I remember you mentioned in an interview like I know it's time for me to quit to do something else. So maybe you can kind of share that. You know how did you discover? Which is Many young people, like even including college age students, they come to me, Dr. I, I have no idea what to do in my life. They are completely lost. So how did you discover that inner calling? And when do you know it's time to shift? Right? I say, this is really not for me. It's time to do something else. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, it's a great question. Um, thank you for asking it. I do feel like the first thing I want to address is like, 
it's okay to not know what you want. You know, it, it actually mm -hmm. is. It's okay. I think a lot of people get, get stuck because they're like, I don't know what I want. What do I want? What do I want? It's okay. And that's also why this college culture can be really toxic for 18 year olds. It's like, decide your life. It's like 18 year olds don't know what they want to do for the rest of their life. Like, come on. So I would say, you know, the first, the first thing is if you truly feel like I have no idea what I want to do, just accept that, accept that's where you're at. And maybe just go get some basic ex life experiences. Maybe go get a waitressing job. Maybe, maybe do mm. go to college, just enroll at a community college that's affordable mm. and just have basic prerequisites just to kind of dance around and see, try different jobs out. You know, that's an okay place to be. You don't have to know what you want to do. It will come. And here's how you will know that it has come. There's a saying and it's called, um, follow your highest excitement, right? Follow your highest excitement. So it actually doesn't have to be too complicated for me. When I was 18, I realized that the thing that drew all my energy and I was so excited to get up for, and I, and it would just light me up and time would fly by. What was that thing? Well, it was creating art. That was what it was for me. It was creating art creating music, getting attention and, and, and admiration for my music. That lit me up so much that mm. all of the naysayers and all the people saying you suck and you're going to embarrass yourself and all you can't sing and all this. Um, it was easier to bypass that because I was so excited, you know, so follow your highest excitement mm. for me. It was music, you know, so don't think too hard. If you're, if you have something popping in your head and you're like, well, my highest excitement is like video games. <laughs> that can also be an option though. Don't, don't discredit it. I mean, there are gamers, professional gamers now who make money, you know, don't think too small. Um, it's, it's possible that your highest excitement is actually already right in front of your face. And also if you go toward that highest excitement, it doesn't mean you're going to stay there. For me, I didn't. I, I got into music. That was my highest excitement for a while. But then I discovered video marketing and entrepreneurship. And then that became my highest excitement. So how beautiful if I had never followed the original highest excitement, I wouldn't have found the, the, the next, which led me to LinkedIn, which led me to I and this beautiful interview this morning. So um, yeah. And, and then as far as like achieving the goals, once you know, once you've honed in on like, okay, this is my highest excitement. Um, this is what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. You know, you will never ever be like groggy waking up for work in the morning. If it's your highest excitement, if you truly love your job, you won't. I've, I've been on three hours of sleep before and people are like, how are you doing this? Aren't you exhausted? And I'm like, well, yeah, if I was still waitressing, I'd be exhausted, but this is my <laughs> highest excitement. So like, I'll take a nap later. It's all good. I'm just excited to be here. So follow the highest excitement. And then to actually reach the goals, find people who support it find relationships who really support it find people in the industry that you can uh intern with that can mentor you find other people already doing it and and just and maybe not even people doing it or in the industry but just friends who support it it's so important that you have friends who support it i don't know what i ever would have done without my friends because i said my family didn't support me but i did have friends who really supported my music back then, who really loved it, who would listen to it, who would say, oh, I loved your rap and I loved this. And, and that just meant the world to me. It was, it's, it's such a big difference when you can surround yourself with people who support it and they are out there. So put yourself out there, be honest, and you'll attract people who resonate with what you're going through. I love that. I love that. I love how you also mentioned the option of community college. And I just saw this great comment from kids who is actually teaching at community college. I think that is such a great option, you know, taking a gap year or choosing a community college, which is way cheaper and only two years. Mm -hmm. And then you can explore. I also love how you mentioned about friends, right? I 
after I started this journey, you know, resigning from my my friends used to be college professors, but now I kind of changed my network completely. And Julia McCoy has become my dear friend. We talk all the time. Like I think we need to, especially nowadays with LinkedIn social media, it is so much easier to curate a group of friends who support you unconditionally. It, it makes a huge, huge, huge difference. And the friends who just don't understand, just like be okay to say goodbye to them, right? Yeah. Be okay to say goodbye to them and also expect them to come back. I've had mm -hmm. many, I've had many friends who didn't support me, who said, you know, you're crazy, you're gonna fail, whatever. And when I did not fail and when I found success, they they came back and they apologized. They said, I'm so mm -hmm. sorry. Like I wanna, I wanna learn from you. I wanna see what you're doing. Like I'm back, I support you. So that's also a, a beautiful um thing to experience. Yeah, and I love this comment from Peter, right? I never used my degree resonating with what you shared earlier, Shay. You know, nobody ever asked you. And even now when I work with students and parents, like nobody really asks me, where did I get my degree? And they care more about the transformations that I can bring to their children for sure. So I'm curious, you are like in your family, the not the only non-degree holder, and you have you siblings who went to college who are you are not the only one? No, I, I, I do have one other sister who doesn't have a degree, but it's, it's for, it's for very different reasons. And it's actually what I touched on earlier. Um, the, the, the tragedy of my sister, uh, the, the other one who doesn't have a degree is, you know, she really, really, really wanted a degree, but she had a lot of learning disabilities. She mm. couldn't, she was like the opposite of me in school, right? School was easy for me. School was very challenging for her. And, mm. um, that's why I brought that up earlier because it actually does, it also breaks my heart when people like her are so passionate about mm. going toward this one career path, but they can't get it. The, the system isn't really built for them. Um, and she's a, she's a brilliant woman. She's super smart. She just doesn't learn like that. So it did, it, it kind of broke my heart to also see her go to college, spend a bunch of money and like fail, fail, fail. She couldn't pass the test. She eventually just dropped out and and um, took a position. Um, she's in she's she's in healthcare, so it did directly affect you know what she's able to okay. make financially. But she still works in healthcare. She's a caretaker. Um, but yeah, she does not have a degree, and um, it's on. It, we're almost like opposites, right? Like I I could have easily gotten a degree, but I, I chose. Who's not? I chose, yeah, I chose to save the money. Um, she really needed a degree for the position she was going for in the medical field. And um, because of the way her brain's wired, she's just different. She just learns differently. And it was very challenging for her. It was very hard to watch. And so she does not have a degree, but I think she's, I think she's over it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of yeah, more general sense. So what do you notice are some are like biggest differences between you as a non-degree holder, as a business owner, entrepreneur, videographer, versus other people who actually have acquired degrees? What are some like maybe in terms of mindset, in terms of the way that you are approaching different things? So what are some noticeable differences? Um, well, the first difference I would say is I make more money. <laughs> you know, I think that's that's the one of the coolest things is like, you know, a lot of these education paths, they really do teach people how to be employees. And that, that's good too. That can be valued too. But um, if you want to be rich, not always the best the best path for you. So I, I'm definitely more um, financially set than anyone else in my family, even people with degrees. 
Um, but the biggest thing I, I just always come back to is that critical thinking. Mm. I feel like college in a lot of cases creates robots. It creates people who have a one track way of thinking. Uh, they can't get out of their bubble. They feel righteous because they have a degree. So they don't question if what their beliefs are. Um, they don't, they don't really even question if their beliefs are theirs or not. They're just like, I paid all this money. I got educated. I know what's up. Um, I think that I have a superb ability to think for myself. And I'm also not scared now because of all the work I've done and I've been through it so many times. I'm not scared to be unpopular. You know, I'm not scared to go against mainstream or go against like popular opinion because I know that um, I'm going to die. And, you know, instead of living in fear, I'm just going to do whatever I can during my time on this planet to help future children not be raised in the situations I was raised in and not have to go through a society that's um, so backwards in a lot of our morals and a lot of what we value. So um, yeah, the biggest thing I would say is critical thinking. It is a generalization for those tuning in. I'm not saying, oh, anyone with a college degree is just like doomed and you're going to be, you know, a brainwashed slave. It's not always the case, but there is a general theme. I think that um, having to do things on your own, learning how to educate yourself on your own creates mm -hmm. a much more well-rounded individual and someone who's able to adapt, be more open-minded and also think for themselves, have more critical thinking of, you know, why am I thinking this right now? Why do I believe this? Um, and yeah. I mean, what you said reminds me exactly of another conversation I had with Josiah a few weeks ago on the show. He only has an eighth grade education, didn't go to high school, didn't go to college. Uh, it was so shocking for me to hear and also not shocking. He said that he's so thankful for his lack of formal education, which allowed him to be more critical, thinking outside the box and to create jobs as always to like what you mentioned, that employee mentality. And uh, so it's really nice to to hear kind of, I really started to see patterns. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I, I love this saying from someone Julian's live LinkedIn, you know, choosing a major when entering college is putting the cart before a horse. Yeah, that's kind exactly. of- Exactly, you know, I mean, it's really, it's really, really specific. Like there's certain things you need a degree for, but so much of this is unnecessary. I mean, I always use the example, like if I'm, if I was in a car accident and my guts are hanging out, please take me to a college educated surgeon, <laughs> you know, like, please take me to a college educated surgeon. But you know, that that's an extreme example beyond that. There's so many things where when you teach yourself, you're, you're better off and you don't, you don't put yourself in this uh, limitation. You don't put yourself in this box. Yeah, totally. I mean, we have quite a few young people here. Sophia, a student I have been working with a high school student, you know, like it is so eye-opening for them to hear like a message from someone as successful as you, Shay. Like, you know, there are multiple paths to succeed mm -hmm. in life and college is only one of the many. And that is just like such a great feeling knowing that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Wow. We only have a few minutes left. I definitely want to respect Shay's time. So I want you, because you are such a LinkedIn superstar. And so I definitely want you to ask a few questions related to social media, related to LinkedIn. I know recently uh, you did make a big decision. You deleted Facebook. So like, do you I want deleted to the app from my phone? Yeah. I didn't yeah. My phone, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, can you share with us the reason behind that? And what are some, like, what makes you love LinkedIn so much? And what's kind of the difference 
you know, is social media generally toxic? I know you just did a video regarding this topic and I loved watching that video. So maybe you can kind of share that with us because I feel like many parents, many young children have this uneducated fear when it comes to social media. I think it can be used for good, can be used for bad, of course. So we'd love to hear your perspective on this. Yeah, thank you. And and I know we're short on time. If anyone does have questions about LinkedIn or social media marketing, you can always message me on LinkedIn, Shay Robottom. My team is all over my inbox. We'll, we'll get back to you. Um, but, you know, it's it's a really interesting question. And it's one that, you know, I think the uh, average consciousness of a person in today's society might not think this way. Um, which is changing now, which is really exciting to see. But essentially, we have to remember that like every uh, everything externally around us comes from within. So it's kind of like I was mentioning earlier how we're all contributing to this society that's sick and unhealthy. We're all co-creating that because mm-hmm. from within. So when when we see that the world is really unbalanced, that there's a lot of violence or a lot of addiction or whatever, and it's unbalanced externally, it's because we, the individual humans, we are uh, unbalanced internally. Mm-hmm. And the more that you balance yourself internally, the more the external world around you also begins to shift. This mm-hmm. is also the teachings. Um, I, he can explain it a lot better than me, but if you follow Dr. Joe Dispenza. <gasps> I love him. Yes, right. He's, he's amazing. So this is like what he teaches, the quantum field, right? We're all connected um, through energies that we can't see. The human, like our our ability to see, we can't see it, but it's energy. And the idea of social media being toxic is really funny because I don't actually believe that technology um, uh, objectively is good or bad. Mm-hmm. I think technology is just a tool. I don't think that it's mm-hmm. it has any consciousness one way or the other. It's objective in nature. It's us the hope that goes into that technology that makes it what it is. So, you know, you hear a lot of people saying like, oh, social media is toxic, this and that. It's like, I think social media can be very beautiful. That's actually why I'm on LinkedIn. I do feel like it's a more conscious platform. More people who have like worked on themselves and are about their business are on LinkedIn. But social media in in theory is not bad. You know, it's not toxic. It's us, the individuals that are really unbalanced that then go into social media. That's why there's this culture now of... um a lot of narcissism, a lot of, you know, look at me, a lot of women really getting sexual and, you know, posting on Instagram, how, how beautiful they are, but that's insecurity. You know, that's just a projection of how deeply insecure we actually are that we've created a platform in which young girls now are feeling really poorly about themselves because they don't look like the Kardashians, you know, it's, uh, it's not, it's neither good nor bad. It's us. And it starts at home. You know, it really does. It starts with the parents teaching your kid that everything that you want externally is going to first have to be taken care of in here, in here. And that's why, you know, all of these, these movements about um, social justice and we need to, we need to change you and we need to change this. It's like, I get it. You know, it is important. There are social issues that we can band together and address, but a lot of times what people are missing in these situations is they're not empowering themselves. They're giving the power away. You know, they're saying, oh, if this person's president, I can't be happy. If this happens, I'm a victim. You know, if the, unless this person, 
yeah, unless this person changes, I'll never be able to succeed. That is so disempowering. You know, work on yourself. What can you control? How can you empower yourself? What are five things you can do today to move your life? You I love everything. Yes, yes. So, you know, what are five things today that you can do to move yourself forward? If you want to see social media become a more harmonious, um, enlightened, educational place and get rid of the toxicity, look within. What is still toxic in you that needs healing and the external world will start to change around you? Wow. What a, what a powerful way to end the show. I love it. I love it. So, you know, going back to education, I think it is such an inside out journey. But when you look at students, when they choose majors and like so many people share with me that they choose a degree or a major because of prestige, right? Because yeah. of the ranking, very few, like you go to an academic advisor, but there's no internal value advisor, right? Like you, you just cannot have a happy and fulfilling career based on all those external factors. It is such an inside out journey. So really, really powerful that you said that. I love it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's it's really inspiring I to see how many people are learning this now at this period in time. It's kind of like COVID has been a good catalyst for a lot of people kind of realizing this truth. Like, wait a minute, maybe if I just work on myself internally, um, I can affect the external world around me. So I do think it's becoming more mainstream. More human beings are waking up to their own power. Um, it's it's a really exciting time to be alive. I know that it's tough right now, but just remember. Um, healing isn't pretty, you know, a lot of times you got to get through the ugliness to get to the beauty. And that is where I believe that we are heading is to a, a more peaceful, harmonious planet. I love it. I love it. And also just another comment regarding LinkedIn. I totally agree with you. Just social media in general is social media itself is not going to save or break a person, but like how you are using it. But the how part, like nobody talks about it. You know how many schools I work with, they completely ban LinkedIn. I was like, if you are banning this, where where else can our children, you know, college age, high school age students actually learn this platform? So they can only learn from their peers, lots of bad example, even though young children, they grow up with technology. They have no idea how to use social media the way that you are using social media. Exactly, so right. I, I, I feel really passionate about this message. But anyway, what an amazing conversation. And I think the message, you know, harmonious and harmony and internal transformation is such a great way to end the show. So do share with us. I know you also have a healing tribe. So yes. maybe you can share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. I do do life coaching now. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about how you can develop this inner power, this inner confidence, Breakthrough limiting beliefs, reach your goals in business. Um, maybe you've had some family struggles as well. Um, you can join Heal Tribe. So that's just shaverobottom.com slash heal tribe. And it is a monthly community. So it's a subscription base. And we meet two times a month uh, in a webinar style where I get on and teach about the latest in healing. I'll take questions. Um, it's a really awesome community. So you can meet with me twice a month there if you go and sign up for Heal Tribe. And then for my marketing services, you can always just visit my website, shayrobottom.com. There's a form there to fill out to schedule a call. You can see if you apply for my marketing program. And I do also do done for you services for um, busier professionals on LinkedIn.
Amazing, amazing, and thank you so much for spending an hour with us and dropping so much value. Everyone in the live audience, I couldn't keep up with the live comments. And thank you so much for joining us live, everyone. And thank you so much, Shay, for such a great interview. Everyone, make sure to subscribe to her website and check out uh, Shay on LinkedIn if you haven't followed this amazing lady yet. So thank you so much, and uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, I. Bye, everyone.